Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Yes, in our very popular human condition condition segment uh, with our guru, clinical psychologist Lynn Worsley. People tune in from all around the world for this segment. We kick off a new series of conversations tonight about personality types. I think we'll all probably learn quite a few things about what we're really like and why. Lynn, welcome again. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun, I reckon. Yes, um, I do too. (laughs) Very informative. Tell us where we're heading over the next few weeks. Okay, over the next few weeks, I hope to take each of us on a journey of the different personality types from the DISC. The DISC. Yes, but um, I'd also take you through how the DISC came to be. And I'm hoping that we'll gain a bit of an understanding of how we're different yet together we can form a whole. A bit like how the Bible refers to each of us as parts of the body. Like when we're together, we're a whole with Christ as the head. Yes. Um, I'll also attempt to show how we can grow, change, and be affected by the dynamics in a group of people so our personality appears to change with others others around us. So hopefully we'll get to that well, I think it's at the end of the time. Very interesting. Yeah. So this week we're going to go through some of the personality types. Take us through... Okay, look, we'll start with the four, we'll look at the personality types or the theories of personality types. So I actually would like to just give you a little bit of a history before we jump into the disc. Sure. So we'll start with the four temperaments, which was a theory that was started in uh, 460 BC. You're kidding. <laughs> by, by Hippocrates. Your game's so, very old, uh, isn't it? Yes, it's a very old <laughs> game. Um, and th- this was um, uh, the four personality or temperaments that, that they came up. They said it would, came from the, um, the body fluids. And oh. so they had sanguine, choleric, melancholic, and phlegmatic were the four personality types. So the sanguine was the pleasure-seeking and sociable people. The choleric was the ambitious and the leader type. The melancholic colic were the introverted and the thoughtful type people. See, and, I'm, the, sorry. and the phlegmatic was the relaxed. I'm already doing what I'm sure everybody else is doing. So, okay, what am I? I know, I know. I can see it in your face. Okay, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> now, Hippocrates actually used these four temperaments into his medical theories and he started to um, to really start juggling around with how different people had more of the different types of fluids in their bodies and that's why they were that sort of personality. Sure. So that's very interesting, but hopefully we've moved on. So um, people still refer to those types now and actually will use them quite often um, as a type of personality. Wow. Uh, leaping ahead, out of curiosity, did Freud say much about personality? What yes, did he say? of course Freud yes. said lots about personality. Um, the Freud studied personality and said that there were three components that affected our, how our personalities developed. And these components were the id, the ego, and the superego. Now, the id refers to our primitive drives and operates according to two principles, pleasure and avoiding pain. And the ego is aware of the reality and operates to understand the consequences of certain behaviours and it tries to find ways to balance and to keep everybody happy. Um, So the ego has moral dilemmas. But the superego has the right and wrongs that you learn from childhood and and sort of really inhibits the pleasure-seeking part of the personality. Now, there was a, a psychologist who said, describes Freud's position on the human personality as being, I think this is a great quote, it's basically a battlefield 
Personality. The personality is a dark cellar in which a well-bred spinster lady, the superego, and a sex-crazed monkey, the id, are forever engaged in mortal combat and the struggle being refereed by a rather nervous bank clerk, the ego. I'm rather confident in declaring this is the first time that the phrase sex-crazed monkey has been used on, on open house. <laughs> so basically, Freud said that the individual's feelings, thoughts and behaviours are the result of an interaction interaction of those three, the id, the superego and the ego. Now Freud's personality theories are still practiced today and people use these theories and they practice what you call psychoanalysis. Uh, it's very deep and Freud was rather brilliant yeah. and he understood how the interactions occurred. Little did he realize how much we would use what, he's, what he came up with. How long ago was this? That's um that's around about the 1900s. Yeah, yeah. So he sparked quite a flurry of personality theorists, and he had a, a student called Carl Jung, mm -hmm. and Jung studied um, a much more practical application of personalities um, from Freud. And he believed there were two basic kinds of functions which people used to um to in the, developed in their lives. So basically, it's one was how we take in information, so how we perceive things and two, how we make decisions. But he also believed that those two categories, there were two opposite ways of functioning. So we can perceive in information because of our senses yes. or intuitively. Yep. Or we can make decisions based on looking at logical, objective logic, or we can use decisions according to our feelings. Yes. Yep. So Jung believed that we used all of those four functions in our lives at some point, but each individual uses different functions with varying amount of success and frequency, so different dominance. He also said that there was two dominant functions, which was extroverted and introverted. Now, we hear about that all the time. Yes. Um, and he said that the dominant function was so important that it overshadowed everything else and defined where your personality was heading. But he basically said there were eight different types of personalities. Well, eight. So eight. is that what we have now? No, 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 there's more. There's much more, Lee. <laughs> Wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, there was a student of Jung's called Catherine Briggs, and she, had, she was quietly doing some work, but she had a daughter called Isabel, and they both came up with what you call a Myers-Briggs type in, types indicator, and that's when you have a personality um, test and you come up with four letters a lot of people talk about being an ENFP or an INTJ or whatever but it establishes the amount of personality that you have according to your flow of energy okay. how you take in information how we prefer to make decisions and the basic day-to-day -day lifestyles that we prefer and within each of these categories we prefer to be either introverted or extroverted sensing or intuitive a bit like Jung thinking or feeling or judging and perceiving. So she basically came up with 16 personality types. <laughs> I'm feeling rather frantic. Yes. At all yes. this. <laughs> now there's heaps of people that are trained in the Myers-Briggs indicator and these people are really good to go and see and talk to about making a career choice. And you can do some of those tests online and they're really helpful. I was going to say, what's your judgment as a clinical psychologist? They are a reasonable thing to go and pursue. Oh, yes, yes. And it's wonderful to look at them and think, wow, that explains me. Or no, it doesn't explain, it doesn't explain myself. And, and actually it's helpful to understand yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Should you be staking such big decisions on that kind of stuff alone, do you think? No, no. Yeah. And one of my complaints about that is to actually make sure that we don't stick 
say this is my personality and this is who I am. Yeah. I actually don't think that's how how a Christian really needs to be. The the life of a Christian is one of con- intense change and transformation. Yeah. So we will continue to change throughout our lives, particularly as a Christian. Yes. So to stick in one personality type's a little bit boring. <laughs> so I've noticed. <laughs> so let's Let's go through what, what's your choice of what theory that we will be pursuing over the next three or four weeks. Okay. Well, what I thought we'd look at is the DISC, the D-I-S-C, personality theory. And it's really simple and it's very similar to the original theory used by Hippocrates. Okay. So we haven't moved much. Um, we use that DISC to understand how we can relate to people and how we can change over time. So I think it fits really nicely with the Christian walk. Um, so the four personality theory types are dominance, which is D, and that's the big picture thinker. Influence, that's the relational person. Steady, which is that's the task-orientated individuals. Compliant, and that's the amiable peacemakers. Okay? So I can just feel the air crackling now. Yes. So you're dominant, the big picture thinker, influential, relational, steady, your task-oriented or a compliant person, amiable, hmm. and peacemakers. Tick, tick, tick. Yes. So tell us briefly how each one of these personality traits looks. Okay, I'm going to take you through. Now, just imagine um, that you are... Um, well, I'll go through each of the personalities, and I just imagine okay. that you're moving house. Right. Okay, so you can be okay. a bit... Each of the personalities moving house. Yep. So let's start with... Um, you're wanting to move house. And so say you were the dominant big picture person. Yes. Now, when you're moving house, the dominant big picture person would say, um, oh, okay, I'll just get a whole lot of people around me and I'll get them to be organized and I'll tell them what to do. So you'd say, oh, you know, you go and do the laundry and you go and do the kitchen and you go and do the garage and everyone would come back and forward to you to find out what you had to do and when you were going to do it. And you delegate a few different people. So that's your sort of dominant big picture thinker. You get it done quickly, have a few friends around, and it'd be done well. They're the general kind of person. Yes. Now, if you're a dominant person as well, you'd also go to a party, for example. You know, you might have a a party that you might see that the party, the music had sort of slowed down and and you might need to sort of up the music a bit because the, the party was seeming to die a little bit. So you'd go and look at the music and selection and you might change a bit on the on the iPad, Risky. on the iPod. Risky. You might also notice that, um, you know, that there were people that, that needed to mingle a bit more and so you'd sort of work out how ways to have that happen. That's because you're the big picture thinker and you'd know how, how to make that happen for okay. them. Right on. Okay, now let's say you were the influence, the I, the relational person. Now the relational person would um, move house by getting a whole lot of friends over and having a party (laughs) and they wouldn't be organised at all and all their friends would come and their friends would say, aren't you moving tomorrow? And they'd say, yeah, and they'd probably pack up the house for you and do a whole lot of stuff, but they'd have a really good time. Yeah. And you'd probably feed them a little bit and someone would say, have you got the key? Oh, no, I haven't got the key. And they'd go and get that for you. And <laughs> they'd do it because you were just really fun to be with. Yes. Okay. And the relational person would also make sure everyone felt good about being there and doing that work. And they'd have much more time chatting with everybody than actually doing the job properly. Okay. And if they were moving house too, they'd probably um, have, um, 
you know, maybe looked at the house according to how it, it felt when they went in. They wouldn't necessarily sort of have all it, it all organised. They're structured. the touchy-feely kind of people? Yeah, they're, okay. they're, these are the people, just really the people matters. If they're going to a party, they'd talk to every single person at the party and they'd work their way around the party and they'd feel really bad if they missed someone and they'd feel really bad if someone had a bad time. I'm not only thinking about myself, I'm thinking about other people I know. <laughs> Rather <laughs> close to home and they know if they're listening. Yeah. Okay, now the next one is the steady, the S. This is the task-orientated individual. Now, when they're moving house, they've already planned everything ahead. They've booked everything ahead in advance. They've got the removalists coming. They've got the keys changed. They've got the electricity going on and off at the right time. They've got the telephones all sorted. Everything is perfect. And some people would come around and they'd say, can I help? And they'd go, oh, no, thank you very much. I'm all organised. And if they did actually help them, they'd think, oh, thanks. And then when they'd gone, they'd unpack their box and they'd repack it again because it had to be done very, very well. Okay, yep. Now, when they go to a party, they really like to sit in the corner and talk to one person at a time and have a great time just talking to one, having a really good conversation, but they wouldn't work the room. They'd be quite happy in the corner. I get that. Yes, yes. Now... The compliant one, the C person, these are the amiable and the peacemakers. They are, um, they'd go to the uh, moving house and they'd say, oh, flip, I'm moving, so where do I start? <laughs> so they'd have their friend, somebody would say, you start in the kitchen. And they're okay. So they go into the kitchen and they go, now what do I do? So they need to be told what to do. But then once they're given instructions, they're fantastic. These people are really, really good to have on a team because you give them a job and you know it's done. And nice to have around. Oh, and they're really pleasant. Yeah. And they're the sort of people that are friends with everyone and they don't seem to notice when there's arguments going on and they don't know that they have to take sides. Mm. So they're really good to have around. But they don't take a lot of initiative. And uh, so if they were at a party, they'd say, oh, what are you wearing? Should I... Well, I, I'll wear that too. And can you pick me up so we can go together? Because I don't know what to say to start the conversation. But if you gave them the job of handing out drinks, they'd all have the drinks. Everyone would be happy. So, Now, one of the things I like to think about is if you went to a party and, um, and the chip bowl was empty in the middle of the, the table. That's a disastrous chips, party. Yes, yes. The, um, the in- influence or the eye... The, um, no, the, the, the steady. Start, start, let's start with the steady. Okay. The steady person would say, oh, the chip bowl's empty. That's a shame. Now, the dominant big picture person would think, oh, I'll go and get some more chips and look in the cupboard and see if I can fill them up. Uh, the amiable person would say, oh, that's a really nice bowl <laughs> in the middle of the table. And the influence or the relational person will have eaten all the chips. Because they'd be much more impulsive. I get that too. Yes. What are the strengths then, if we can go quickly through each one, strengths and weaknesses of each one, say the dominance? The dominance has this amazing strength of being able to walk into any place and have a big picture view of it. So they would walk in and think, oh, this is an organisation. How's it run? How's the funding come through? How does um, that person get employed? What's that person's role? Yeah. And they are really, really good at picking that straight away. And they fundamentally think like that all the time. Weaknesses? The weaknesses of the dominance, they can become quite arrogant. They could walk in and think that they know it all, or they assume that everyone else would think that. And they don't understand that their way of thinking is quite unique. 
Okay. Influential person, the relational The relational strengths. person, the strengths are that they are fantastic to have a team. This is your person who's enthusiastic and has wonderful skills and strengths of being able to bring people together. Mm. They're really, really good with ideas and they're motivated and enthusiastic, as long as it's their idea. Okay. But, you know, that's that's part of the, the ideal. They're also very perceptive. Okay. Weakness? The weakness of the relational person is that they tend to keep everybody happy and they're people pleasers. They spend all their time pleasing everybody else to make sure everyone's right and happy, that they sometimes lose sight of themselves. Yeah, I was going to say it's interesting that you regard that as a weakness. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, because you really need to know yourself as well in yep. order to relate. So the steady task-oriented person, what's their strength? The steady steady task-oriented people are the ones who move the least. So they're very fixed and very rigid. Um, the strength of that is also that they're fixed and very rigid. So they're very reliable, task-orientated. They will follow through and finish things, and you can rely on that. The weakness of them is that they are often so fixated on doing their task that people get knocked out. And they're not very flexible. And they're not very flexible. No. No. Compliant, the amiable peacemaker. Well, they're just beautiful to have around. Um, they're uh, wonderful people who are very good at, at really keeping the peace and, and maintaining that. Um, their, uh, their strengths are team. You put them on a team and they will keep that team flowing and yep. be reliable. The weaknesses are that they don't often show initiative and often very, very indecisive. So they won't make decisions. They'll wait for someone else to make that decision. And they often don't see that a decision needs to be made. And when they go to the party, they try something on and say, what do you think of this? Yes. And say, fine. Yes. And then five minutes later, they're dressed in something new. Yes. What do you think of this? Yes, they're not sure. Yeah. Yes, they're not ready. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be um, taking apart each particular person and we'll look next week at who? Well, I thought we might start with the... Um, relational person okay and we'll just have a little look at how that relational person works and then we'll have a bit of an idea of how they might actually go in careers in romance and we might have a look at how they might go um in perhaps in their um families how that might look i think this is going to be a really interesting thing and we might try a little exercise in the next few weeks um to unveil personality types around this place yes have you done, surely you've done, thinking about yourself. Which category would you put yourself in? Have a guess, Lee. Have much? a guess. <sighs> well, it's, but it's a choice between one and three. Dominance oh. or steady. Oh, no. Oh. No, no, no. He's way <laughs> off the mark. Influential. Um, yes, I'm very relational. Yeah. And I think probably... Um, yeah, the little girl that went up and down the street and talked to every person in the street. Yeah, that's right, yes. Um, was very much there. But I think over time I've become much more of a big picture thinker um, and learning to do that. That's what I thought, yeah. Well, I look forward with both of us to explore uh, personality types in the weeks ahead. Lynn Worsley, as always, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.